letting someone go. It's a failure and you can argue it's like it's a person's fault, the team fault, the company fault, you know, whatever. It's always the hardest to let people go. Welcome to the podcast B2B SaaS CEOs with me, Joseph Olsen, as your host. I'm the CEO and founder of VAM that helps sales teams close more deals and book more meetings through video messaging. The idea to this podcast was born because one of my personal goals is to be a world-class B2B SaaS CEO and therefore I need to learn from the best. And I want to take you with me on this journey. Hi, my name is Nicholas Malin. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Octo and you're listening to the B2B SaaS CEOs. Hi and welcome, Niklas. Thank you, Yusuf. Happy to be here. And then we jump into it. First question, always, what does your company, Octo, do? Please, do the elevator pitch. So if you think about technology as taking you know, big leaps uh, and we can do things in much smarter ways, uh, and one area that is uh, transformational is you know, really how retailers interact with their customers in relevant ways, both online and offline. And we've built this software that allows the retailer to gather their data in Octo so they can launch digital experiences uh, really fast. Four times faster, we claim. And it's a transformation way that has not been done before. And this is, has the potential to be, become the next great software from Sweden. That I'm rooting for. Yes, me too. And um, now I'm curious to know, how did you end up with Octo and that idea? We as a team, um, so it's myself, uh, Jimmy Ekbeck and, uh, and Daniel Berdowski that, that started the company. Uh, we've been working in this uh, in digital commerce for, for many years. Uh, we talked about my age before, but maybe that won't be part of the podcast. So let's keep it like a long time. Uh, and we've seen how retailers struggled uh, to work with customer experiences. Um, so what we really do is an age-old problem, what we solve. Uh, and it has been solved by agencies and system integrators. Uh, they've built custom code. We call it agency glue code. Uh, and it's really expensive to do and it's really expensive to maintain. So we saw a gap in the market that, hey, we can build a service using cloud um, uh, cloud capabilities um, and, and actually replace the custom code with the product and help retailers um, reduce the cost uh, and also increase the speed in terms of how fast they can launch digital experiences. So it's a, it was a void in the market that we saw based that we've been here for, for many years. Yeah, one of the reasons I, I wanted to interview you right now is because you have been in the media with the new round. Yeah. It was so easy. Uh, <laughs> Please ho- hold your thought there because I think it's time. Um, yeah, the listeners know that I have a segment that I let the community ask a question. So one or two people in my network. And uh, I will actually put it right now very early in this episode because it's about this topic. And since this is top of mind with your new round, etc. Here comes question number one from my co-founder, Hampus Passion. And this is his question. 
since you just raised a really nice uh, investment round, I'm interested in hearing about your takeaways and your lessons for other founders that are trying to to raise in the current financial environment. Thank you. Okay, great question. And, and I will actually share uh, this because this I really spent a lot of time now in this fundraising. Uh, started in March. Uh, we closed the, uh, the round in, uh, in September. Money in the bank just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it was a great feeling. Um, so, and it was a, a very different time of raising money compared to my early fundraising, uh, which is mainly together with, uh, with InRiver, also part of uh, Viado and other companies. Um, but I would say the biggest um, uh, learning right now is that, uh, do you need the money? Ask yourself that. Um, and um, can you actually manage to create runway without adding external capital? Always the best way to do it, I would say. Uh, so, as you, so you as a founder won't get diluted. But if you have ta- to take in money, make sure that that you actually um, have a, a solid plan for what you want to do with that money. Um, and my biggest learning in this uh, part is make sure that you know what you're looking for, what kind of investor you're looking for. Because you will have many people that want to have a call with you and they're just going to consume your time. So do your homework and figure out what kind of profile of the the VC uh, you're looking for. And if we're talking about VC and taking times, etc., how have they reacted now if they take it one layer deeper here? Now, with the new circumstances in the world compared to the last November 2021 or September 2021, uh, how, how, how have your interactions with them been? And have you seen they wanted to take advantage or what, what angle has that been? I wouldn't say take advantage. I, I think uh, we need to understand that we live in different times. The valuation that was in the past, they were in the past. They don't exist anymore. Growth is not as important. It is important, but it's also make sure that you have really, um, I would call it a a sustainable growth. So uh, it's not just uh, burn and then add more capital. So I think it's it's a more seasoned conversation uh, with with investors. And um, definitely a big part of the conversation was around, you know, runway and also showing that we actually were on top of our numbers because in the end like if you make a couple of assumptions in a model how certain are you about those assumptions so uh, i would say that there are a lot of money out there uh, still uh, but you need to be um, they are more considering how they need to protect their current investments their current portfolio so I would say a big part of what I saw this year was the portfolio management, which turned them inwards into their existing portfolios rather than outwards. I would say during summer that that there was a shift where I felt like the investor community had realized that, okay, uh, now we have the portfolios under control. We understand you know, how much we need to allocate now, focus more uh, elsewhere. Not about not having cash. It was time. The team working for the investors have limited time. So it was more or less a time 
uh, time perspective. Thank you for sharing and Hampus. Thank you for that uh, question. We move on to leadership. So Niklas, first question here. Are you a good leader? I think it's really hard for me to judge. And, uh, you know, if you would ask um, others, I probably haven't asked that question myself, which I should. But can I be a little bit, you know, un-Swedish and say, well, well, I delivered. So results speak for itself. And, um, you know, I'm not, can't do it myself. It's teamwork. So now I want to learn, what are your superpowers? Uh, yes, yes. What, what are my superpowers? Um, I would say uh, by now I know uh, what my own skill sets are, what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. So what I'm thinking about is I need to complement, you know, looking at, you know, the company we're building, I need to make sure that we have different competences in the team. Uh, and of course, knowing my own skills, I know that, okay, I need to add a couple of capabilities here. And that's what I think is something I'm really proud of with Octo is that we've built a really, you know, good complementary team. We have like different skill sets. So I would say that my superpower is probably understanding how to build high performing teams. Uh, and I think it based on my military background. Uh, I've seen, you know, got... Uh, I've gotten some really good instruments that I've been able to apply in my business life. Okay, uh, let's focus. This is this is the core superpower right now I have focus on. And when you say something like this, Niklas, you need to give me one layer deeper here. When you say tools from the military, please sh- sh- share quickly the w- w- one like tool. I would say uh, <laughs> you need to be giving orders. It's about being super clear. Uh, and if you convert that into the business life, it's about setting direction uh, and uh, and uh, letting people know you know where we're going, but also not micromanage them in how they get there, which is in a military way. I would never go in and say to a platoon, you know, in the in a military hierarchy, I would never tell them exactly how they should go to the target. That's about you know the group to find out. As long as they stick to the to the plan, yeah. So I think that's a way to com, you know convert it to the business life is give the direction, but then let the the, the team group find their ways, be there to coach support uh, along the way. Don't try to micromanage. And I would say this doesn't you know don't confuse it with um, yes like go like still be close observe uh, listen you know and then support in that kind of way if that makes sense yeah totally now I want to, to know then if we shift the focus from the like good side and superpowers and what is the worst thing about being a leader Ooh, definitely letting someone go um, because it's it's a failure. Um, you hired someone, and either in the hiring process, or you have uh, not executed on the plan, and you can argue it's like it's a, a person's fault, the team fault, the company fault, you know, whatever. It's always the hardest to let people go because it's it's such an such such an um, effort for everyone included. 
and also the, the person. Yeah, I like how you frame this. That is so brutal. It's a, it's a failure. You, as leader or company, you failed in some way because nobody wants to get the job and get out of there. Yeah. I think it's so easy for me to... I could easily blame every per- person you know, that, had, that I had to let go. But in, in, in all fairness, you know, I know my company the best and I've hired a person and they, that person haven't succeeded for any reason. It's a failure. Yeah. Taking a lot of time uh, for me, the the leadership team, you know, the hiring team, and the person. So uh, I think that's something that you we should pay a lot of respect. Yeah, wow! They, they, thank you for the, this. And um, I'm really happy now with the leadership segment here. So we move on. We we let go of this hard topic now for uh, one minute to two minutes because I want to know a, a fun fact about yourself. Fun fact, yeah, okay. Yeah, a fun fact about yourself that most people doesn't know about until now. This is probably uh, because I'm, you can't see me now, but I'm 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 like one one eighty one, so I'm not like very tall. So what I'm saying now is going to be like surprising. But I actually won the the Swedish school championship in basketball uh, back in the days, which is something I don't talk about, and I realize I should brag about it much more. But I had a really good team, <laughs> so the, the guys I play with they were awesome and. I was the guy that they put me on the, the playing field to, you know, hey, foul that guy. And I said, okay, I'll let... but I got the medal. Thank you for sharing. So, so you, you are a basketball winner and champion. Yes, school champion in Sweden, in Sweden. So that's, that's important. Thank you, Niklas, for sharing. And we move on to external question number two. I have one more for you. And this is from Kajsa Karlsson at TMC. And this is her question. Hi, Niklas. What are the biggest challenges companies face today when it comes to managing all their data and being able to take data-driven decisions? Oh, really good question. I think that not everyone think about that they need to understand your own business first and then decide on how you want to follow up against that, those metrics. Uh, and I think that's really hard. Then, you know, being a more data guy, it's you know when that's in place, then you know how do you how do you get hold of the data? So you can actually start analyzing the data and massage the data and, and build like the create you know create relevant data models to uh, go from from insights to action. That's would probably how I would answer that question. I don't know if if Kaisa would be any smarter, but I think it's know your business, understand what is the what part of the business, you know, what metrics takes the business forward. And then, you know, find the data that can inform you about those metrics and analyze those from a, from a historical perspective and also, you know, forward-leaning. Because I think the, something that I really emphasize is can you use the historic data to inform you about, you know, the future or be more predictive? That is really, really cool uh, if you can do that for instance, from a sales perspective. Thank you for the input. We are done with the segment of external questions now for now. And we're entering a topic of Niklas' choice. Because Mm -hmm. now it's time for me to sip it. Because I want to hear you talk a few minutes about something that you are nerdy and passionate about. That was a tough question because or a tough section i would say because um, i haven't really 
there is a variety of stuff I can I can bring up. I want to hear not this CEO Niklas. I want to hear the juicy nerdy stuff now. Well, the nerdy stuff right now is uh, on a personal note. We can we can talk about that. I like cars, uh, fast cars. So I'm a little bit nerdy about that. And I've been fortunate enough to uh, acquire and, and uh, have uh, fast cars. I like to drive them. So if, if uh, and I like the, um, I think it, there are different phases where you go through like, and, and you can, it can be really intimidating with, with fast cars. Um, because there are a lot of things that can that can break, and if you drive too fast, you know uh, you can hurt yourself and, and others. Um, so of course, um, I like to to enjoy the fast car of driving them, and definitely I have I'm a big fan of McLaren, for instance, and uh, I really like you know the 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 twin turbo. So I have a 570s and the the cool thing with that is that it really accelerates fast from zero to hundred. Um, but thanks to how fast, three point two seconds. And the cool thing now, Joseph, is actually going from hundred to two hundred. I've heard. I haven't driven that fast, of course, but I've heard uh, it's it's you know the same the same time because the, the turbo kicks in. So you have the same, you know, you just continue to accelerate, uh, which is an amazing, amazing feeling. So you would say uh, if if you are like on a racing court or something where you can really kick the gas to the pedal without any danger, you, you feel truly alive and you can just that focus. That, that, that is like a pure happy moment for you. Adrenaline. Probably that's the adrenaline thing is what you're you're chasing. But also also the the... It's something that you, you know, there are cool, you know, uh, groups on uh, social media you can share. I have a friend uh, that uh, has a similar car, you know, we can share and talk about, you know, you know, the, the engine, the car, like what's coming up. Um, there are meetups. So, so I think that the, there are a lot of, you know, the social piece of it as well. Uh, that I enjoy. You're deep in the car community, then, and you, you yeah, you're here. You are true nerd. I, I wish I had more time, Joseph. To be honest, I wish I had more time because I, I really love. Uh, it's, it's a bunch of nerds meeting that <laughs> likes cars, like to drive them, and like to talk about. Them. Thank you for sharing, Niklas. We don't have too much time, so we need to move on. Which top KPIs uh, are the most important for you? Yeah, so so I think this is a really you know interesting question, uh, and I think that I'm going to answer this from you know where we stand now, Octo. So Octo, we're like getting from a more a, we're still a startup, so 47 people, and um, we are moving towards two million in AR uh, euro. Sorry, two million euros in AR. So so yes, frame it because the, you know I think you different metrics for different phases of the company. So what I'm looking at now is MRR is of course net new, you know, uh, net new MRR, lo- new logos, new sales. And then of course, um, net uh, recur- uh, revenue retention, NRR, because that really comprises, you know, um, how well it takes into account account expansion, churn, and our ability to grow forward on existing customers. 
So I think those two metrics is the ones I focus uh, a lot from a financial perspective. And then, of course, being a remote company, uh, our employee net promoter score is also very, very important. We have people in 14 countries. So, uh, of course, you know, we try to talk to everyone uh, once in a while, but it's a way to get a temperature, like a gauge of is the team, you know, in a good good place. So the the employee net promoter score is something that I, I also would add to those two financial metrics. And would you say, yeah, I can throw, I throw, I can throw in a, a small curveball here. How has your KPIs and uh, key KPIs developed? If you look back a few years ago, can, can you take me with the journey? Because my company, VAM, is obviously far less smaller than your company. So can you please tell how has the change of core KPIs moved? Well, in the initial, uh, so we launched in 2019 and it was all about launching the product, uh, trying out the commercial model. So I think that we were not KPI driven at the time. And I think that's also important lesson. Don't try to chase KPIs too early. Don't listen to, you know, all the great advice. Uh, make sure that you build a product that is that is uh, that the customers love, and they use and they keep using. So uh, of course, you know, break that down to sales, and can we can we avoid you know churn or can we can we get retention like. Can he use the product much more? Uh, so I would say how they matured is as we have grown as an organization, we, we want to make sure that we have, um, we spend sufficient amount of money to increase the, the growth that we're building. So of course, underlying to what I said earlier, we will look at the customer acquisition costs. But more to, to inform ourselves, I don't want to, drive the organization towards those goals yet um, because we're still you know in in uh, it's still early days i would say i think it's important for companies to hear that earlier that they can't just stir blind at all things they just need to create value so they have a product exactly yes yes and i think that's something that we we don't talk too much about. You want to have that metrics, and also I would say investors. Uh, in the past, many investors have matured, and they don't care as much. They want to make sure that hey, are we hitting you know the target to launch the product to you know get those key hires in place that that you know gets the solid foundation in place so you can actually grow. You mentioned now when we talked about KPIs with employee MPS, people in 14 countries. Man, we are a remote first company. So I want quickly now, also because there have been a big article about people bashing on remote cultures. So th this has actually now a relevance also in, in the, the public opinion. Why do you like the setup you have? And give me one or two best practices. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I would say that <clears throat> for us, it goes back to the ambition with the company. We want to build a global company, and then we need to have that reflection uh, within the company. A diversity we should have, embracing you know different cultures, different languages, 
it will make it easier to grow. Um, so, uh, and the other thing was talent. How do we get access to highly qualified talent? And um, unfortunately, in Sweden, we have highly qualified talent, um, but we couldn't just rely on that. So we need to go fast. So we wanted to make sure that we could actually include remote people. Then the pandemic came. So everyone went remote. But we decided to do that earlier. I would say that it's not easy. You have to commit. You have to over-communicate. You need to make sure that the, the leaders of, of each team are empowered to work with their team. We don't have offices. So the money we spend, we, we save on rent, invest that in people, let them get together. We say we're remote, but we're not remote only, which means that we allow the teams to gather um, in you know, different locations, uh, been in Stockholm, Copenhagen, uh, Belgium. Uh, we got the whole company together in Barcelona. So I would say, don't believe that you know you can keep it not uh, you know you, you people need to meet that's that's a really important takeaway and make sure that you have uh, work actively to include people work actively to include people in why you're building the company how the company goes um, and be very transparent nice thank you and Niklas, this means that we have entered the roundup. And the roundup is meaning that we have four questions left. And the first question for the roundup always is my VAM-oriented question. I'm fishing for data points to my sales tool. And my sales tool is video. And I want to know now, what would you say is the best way to do a cold outreach to you? And if I listen to this and I would like to sell something to you, how would you like to get a modern outreach? I think uh, for me, it's about make sure that you have something to offer that is relevant for me. Like in my role as running a, a software as a service company. And let me know the value before you pitch the solution. Let me know the value so I get me intrigued. And then I love the video format. And, and actually what we've seen on our side, video works. It's, it's uh, very uh, appreciated when we actually send out to prospects a video recording. So, and it, it works on me as well. You are here in my yeah, I'm here. I'm here. It, it worked, man. <laughs> you got me at the gym even. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Uh, so I sum it out with uh, re quickly to relevant for you as the receiver. Uh, give value before you start pitching, uh, XYZ, and video can be really good. You love it, if it's right, with the above. Yeah, the yeah. It, it stands out, right? And it's a clutter right now. Nice. Uh, we continue to... Niklas, if you, you would give yourself, when you were a younger CEO, like think uh, a couple of years ago, uh, your top one to three things to think of that you didn't know, but now you know. What would that be? There is no shortcuts. Um, so work hard. Um, I think that is something that is... Being an entrepreneur, 
is is not pleasant. Uh, starting a company is not easy, and you need to have grit to do that. So uh, you really need to be passionate about what you do, uh, and do it together with the team that share that conviction and passion. And don't try to be this, you know, one man band orchestra. That would be my advice. And I can say that I've learned a little bit from, you know, own experience, of course. Anyone that says something else, they they haven't they haven't been out there in the real world. The, 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 the toughest lesson is always the, the expensive ones or the hard ones. Yeah. Yeah, I agree 100% with you. And unfortunately, there are many that I see that hasn't done it themselves, but they read about it and they, you know, claim that they've, they've done it. And I think... Well, then you don't really have the scar tissues. Okay. We only have two questions left now, Niklas. Yep. Which other two B2B socios do you think are cool or interesting and would like to listen to in this podcast? A guy that I've known for many years. Uh, he's now the CEO of um, Public um, SaaS company, uh, Magnus Hultman at Safeture. Amazing storyteller. Um, and I would be, it would be interesting to hear him on this podcast. The other one is um, Per Okobai, which is, um, he was the CEO of Medius for many years. And now he acts actually the CEO of uh, Voyado. And I've worked with uh, Per uh, since 2018 together in the board of Voyado. And he's done an amazing journey. Thank you for the names, Niklas. And we have come to the end. The last question. And now when I when I ask this, I'm hoping for both a bold and yet a concrete with some numbers. Where will Octo be in five years? I didn't think about numbers. So what I and I think this is bold anyhow, but I was thinking about you know the company that everyone wants to work at and uh, customers love product. Um, then I will be very happy and I know we will be on a very, very nice trajectory. Mr. Talavok said we will have one billion revenue dollar in ARR. Can you say something concrete? Numbers-wise, I would say 100 million euros. In ARR? In ARR. Yes. We, We both have a bold and fluffy one and we have a concrete number. I'm happy. But they, they, they're, they're married together. Like. Yeah, exactly. It always me needs to be the inspiration fluffy with the hard, hard, hard numbers. So now when we are wrapping up, if you who has listened, like what you heard and got value, please press the subscription button and also tell a friend or a colleague to listen to Niklas in B2B SaaS And Niklas, a huge thank you for putting aside 30 minutes together with me to help the community and me to keep on learning my pleasure and i learned a lot and i actually also listened to a couple of your podcasts to prepare and it was really worthwhile so thank you Design.